Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard helping all you HR and people leaders out there get rid of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process called HR reporting. That's right. We know you want a data-driven story to understand and help fix problems around turnover, retention, diversity, headcount, compensation, recruiting. And we know that your process typically today is pulling manual spreadsheets from your HRIS and ATS and other systems trying to understand this data and you're pulling your hair out sitting there staring at your computer thinking there has to be a better and easier way. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, an HR dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. So you can point and click in under 15 minutes, you can get an out-of-the-box dashboard to view, share, and track, and analyze all of your HR and people data in one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. Would love to give you a demo and explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Sri Chalapa. He's the CEO and co-founder of Engagedly, and today we're discussing how will AI impact HR in the workforce. Sri, welcome to the podcast. Well, Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. It's a pretty hot topic and I'm super excited to talk about it. Awesome. We're super excited as well. But before we kick off with the topic, Sri, we always have to start off with the same question, which is, how did you end up working in the wonderful world of HR? You know, I um, came from a background of technology consulting services uh, previously, and I did a startup there, which you know, grew exponentially, did a great, did, we had a great exit. But part of the experience I had was managing a lot of people along the way and growing teams and getting people aligned and things of this nature. But also part of my role was working with clients and I had a firsthand observation of how people were engaged or disengaged at my client organizations as well. A lot of them were big Fortune 1000 type of companies. And Engagedly was an idea that my business partner had come up with to drive employee engagement across workforce about eight years ago or so. And I liked the idea because I realized, you know, there was a lot of disengagement. There were a lot of disconnect between expectations and reality at workforce. People are not getting recognized. People are not getting, uh, feeling connected at work. So I thought this was a great idea to implement and, you know, and we started on that journey about eight years ago. And here we are, which is a, a full suite talent management platform now. So I didn't technically come from an HR background, um, but understanding how people work and what makes them tick really helped me uh, shape this platform. Awesome. And we always love a great origin story and how people got into this space. Really appreciate that. So Sri, today we're talking about how will AI impact HR and the workforce? Everybody's talking about AI. Some people are thinking that AI will make the world a better place. Some people think that AI will take us all over and turn us into, I don't know, a keyboard or 
turn us all into toys. <laughs> Some people think that AI will do something totally in between on the spectrum. So I would first like to ask you, what is your overall thought and feeling about AI in general? This would be a great place to start. Yeah, so I've been studying about AI or at least reading about it. And obviously we see a lot of movies and science fiction and whatnot on books on AI uh, as you know, from years ago. I will say though, the AI had a lot of promise for a long time, but when ChatGPT came out about six months ago or so, publicly available, you know, we saw behind the curtain what really is possible. And that really opened up a floodgates on what is really possible for everyone, not just for Google, Microsoft, and Apple, and the likes of those. And I think that really got me interested on the applications of AI. Now, going back to your question, I have been immersing myself in this space for the last two or three months very heavily. You know, there doesn't a day doesn't go by where I don't see an article or read a um, or, or, or see a video or actually look at talk, you know, listen to podcasts um, where developers uh, from leading, you know, companies and other places are talking about the possibilities. And I think the potential of AI to do good is immensely huge, but the potential to do harm is also a real possibility. Um, so it's part of me is concerned. I'm not, I wouldn't hide that to be honest given what is possible. And I, I come from an engineering background myself. And as an engineer, I can see the possibilities on how it can go rogue with a rogue actor in there. Now, coming back to where we are today, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, but where we are seeing is more benign usage of AI, which can be highly effective in people making people more productive, uh, people more effective. Uh, you know, it's the same thing as when calculators came on you know, probably, I don't know, 60, 70 years ago, whenever they came on to the hands of an average consumer, you know, mathematicians didn't lose their jobs, right? Um, but it's the same thing. Right? We have basically a similar pivot going on uh, in the space as well. So I have to ask a question. This may be a selfish question that I've been asking a lot of people, but because you mentioned that there's some good that will probably happen from AI, but then there's also probably some bad that could happen as well. What is the percentage of likelihood that AI could cause a lot of harm? What do you think that threshold should be for us not to pursue certain areas of it? Meaning, if we were to ask most people in the AI community, how likely is it for AI to be destructive to mankind? Would it be 5%? is an acceptable number, but if it was a 30, if they thought it was a 30% chance, then that would be terrible. Is it 10% chance? I don't know if you've ever thought about it in this way, but if you could humor me here, <laughs> <laughs> what percentage yeah. of it do you think is just too high where it's like, you know what, why are we even doing this in the first place? I, well, I don't think it can stop this. The, the, the cat's out of the bag. There's no way to stop this. The train has left the station. All we can do is best steer it in the right direction, which is what we are doing at Engaging, right? We are trying to help uh, our organizations that we work with get better at uh, developing themselves, developing their people, things of this nature. Uh, and I can talk a little more about that. But to answer your question, the likelihood that AI can go rogue, it really is not the AI that will go rogue. 
be honest. Just to step back a minute, it is some rogue actor who will take control of the AI and mm. and go rogue with it. That's the fear. The fear is not AI will destroy us. It's AI in the hands of the wrong person will destroy us. What okay. are the likelihood of that? I would say, if you think about nuclear weapons, for example, you know, we had we had a moratorium where people won't use nuclear weapons. We have you know, the Warsaw or whatever the treaty is, I forgot now. It's not Warsaw, it's something else. So apologies for that. Um, and the same thing on chemical weapons. You know, we have a treaty not to use it, but still, you know, countries like Syria used it. Um, nuclear weapons, thankfully, nobody has used it since World War II, but in the wrong hands, will it be used? Most likely, yes, if it, if it gets in the hands of the wrong crowd in the world, there are bad actors who will love to get their hands on that. I think the same thing applies to AI. Got How it. do you prevent it from getting the hands on the wrong person? And I don't have the answer for that, to be honest. Got it. And that's a pretty popular belief as well, that AI, similar to anything else, isn't the problem. It's that people are the problem. And if you take anything, certain people can make anything bad or do harm. Yes. I think the, 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 the thing I wanted to emphasize here is that the, you know, you and I cannot access nuclear weapons, but you and I can access AI, mm, right? That's, yeah, that's that, a major that, difference. That's a big difference. Now, if you have a, a hacker who could a- access, you know, about a few years ago, you know, they hacked the target credit cards, the target had, right? And got access to all of that. If the security is not strong enough, Somebody could access the algorithm of the AI and recode it or reseed it with a different idea. Where, for example, the AI at Google, for example, is not supposed to answer questions about religion, for example. You know, that's, mm. that's, one, of their, that's one of their principles. Interesting. Uh, and AI, uh, ChatGPT is not supposed to give you answers about, you know, how to how do I go and murder this person? Give me some ideas. It won't give you that. Um, but if you, because it's, it's been programmed not to answer certain questions that are destructive to humans. But that is part of a code somewhere that can be hacked, potentially. And if that happens, which all you need is an internet and some smart brains and maybe a really strong, powerful computer to hack it. I don't know. But to me, it, it the likelihood of somebody getting hands on that is higher than likelihood of somebody getting hands on a nuclear weapon. Hmm. That's interesting. Something to think about, for sure. All right, so I know I took us on a tangent, but we're going to bring this back to HR because I know that's what everybody came here to listen to, even though I'm sure some people found that very interesting as well. But today we're talking about how will AI impact HR in the workforce? And so we can take this in a couple different directions, but you can let me know if you would rather start off with how AI is impacting HR today or we can start off with how HR is impacting the employee experience. And there's a lot of overlap between the two, but yeah. Yeah. this yeah. is a choose your own adventure episode. So you can let me know which way you want to start. No, no, I, I, I can just start off with how it is doing it today and how I see it in the future. Right? Awesome. Let's start there. So what HR, you know, unlike let's say search engines or engineering or, you know, uh, even marketing or sales, AI has been being used a lot, right? You know, we have companies like Gong and Chorus and Conversation Intelligence and all that. HR is the only area where HR really used AI uh, for the most part was in recruitment. 
um, and to use to in in theory to reduce bias and and scan through thousands and thousands of uh, resumes to find best fit and things of this nature. Now, the the future of AI in HR is now, I would say, almost a hundred x of that potentially, because now, for example, at Engagely, you know, we've deployed AI in our platforms. Um, it is optional; clients don't have to use it if they don't want to. But what it allows you to do is, when you are giving, let's say, a effective feed a feedback to an employee uh, on whether what they did or didn't do well as a manager, most managers don't know how to say it correctly without you know saying something that was that is caustic, right? So we AI helps them reframe that, uh, so they can give better, more effective feedback. If somebody is setting up a goal, the uh, AI can tell you as you're setting up your goal, are you setting up a goal that is actually effective and is uh, you know actionable? So it's not a goal like um, you know I'm going to increase, I'm going to do better at sales. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything, right? Better at sales means what? Are you going to do more revenue? Are you going to get better deals? Are you going to win better clients? The AI can read that and give you say, hey, this goal is not clear enough. Let's help you craft a better goal. So that's how we are seeing it. Uh, you know, used in in uh, engagedly, but the but the but that those are very related to specifically related to talent management. You know, for example, one of the big use cases that we are going to be deploying next month is, hey, I want to learn the skills. Help me figure out what all videos I can watch, what all training I should take, what are uh, some of the resources I should listen to. Maybe listen to a podcast like this, for example. Um, it will scrape the internet, look at different resources. We have our own database of resources. It can suggest uh, basically a, a, a curriculum based on all these different assets that are available uh, internally and external to the organization. So that's how somewhere AI can really, really help because learning managers may not have their, you know, enough bandwidth to, to cater to different needs for different employees for their learning needs. They can buy a huge library of skills or, 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 or library of, of learning resources and training programs, but they don't know which one is better for which reason, for what, you know, necessarily, because you're talking about different people, different departments, different roles, so AI can really cut through the clutter and give them better recommendations. So those are some of the applications that are very near near term. Another near term application is really around employee self service, right? So if I wanted to ask uh, my HR, hey, I, I don't remember how many vacations I've taken. Can you tell me how many more days I have left? You know, or they can log into their HR system and look at the data, uh, or they can ask the chatbot, which is powered by AI, and ask a question, and the chatbot will answer answer you that question. Or it can answer you, hey, I don't understand. I don't remember what our maternity policy is or paternity policy is. It'll answer the question. It'll, it'll, it'll have answers because it'll have, it'll have script through your company policies and procedures and giving you, uh, and, and it knows how to respond to that as a human. So that reduces the bandwidth of the HR dramatically, right, in terms of what they need to do. Because this is not strategic work for HR. This is tactical work. Strategic work is, is de de designing a great talent management process designing a good performance management process, designing a good L&D process, um, you know, designing a great employee experience overall. And these things actually really enhance that because I can do that on the phone. I can do that, you know, in the middle of the night uh, if I wake up and I have some, some questions I wanted to ask. So that's how we see where HR's journey is going in the short term, in the near term, um, also in the long term. So I don't think it's going to replace the silly HR role. It just makes them more effective. You just differentiated between very tactical work versus strategic work. And you commented that you see AI being really effective in replacing and or automating the tactical work. 
do you see a world short term where AI should and could be used for strategic work as well? Or do you think at this part of where AI lives today and this capabilities, it really should be focused on for a tactical manual task that a person shouldn't have to do because a computer can do it? Yeah, so in the short term, I would say tactical is the way to go. Um, because strategic requires you to do some deep thinking with your culture that you have. Uh, it requires you to you know, work with your different executive sponsors. It requires you to understand the market. It, it requires a lot of things that require, that are not necessarily all computable data, you know? Um, but that doesn't mean AI can't do it. I'm just saying they can, it's probably not something they can do in the next year or two. Uh, I could be wrong, but I do think at some point, some of the strategic work potentially could be done by AI, right? For example, if I am a startup in, let's say food delivery, right? And there's already companies out there doing, doing food delivery like Grubhub, Uber Eats, Chowbus, likes of those, right? And I wanna understand what is the best benefit program I should have for my drivers. And I can do a, a go around and wanna to put together this benefit package in a program. I can ask an AI to do the research for me and put together a benefit package and it will do that for you, most likely. And if they have, if it, I don't know the answer, if it does have the all, access to all the data, but I don't see that out of the realm of possibilities. But that is somewhat of a strategic work, right? In terms of putting it where the benefit package, good employee retention uh, approaches, and maybe look at all the data there. Now, that is that data publicly available? No, not really, but it can probably look at some research out there, you know, some interviews of some CEOs who have done that and put together, thump together with something right now. Today, ChatGPT cannot do that because it gives you some generic answers. But I can see that easily being uh, done in the future. So many HR leaders right now, and people just in general, especially when it comes to business applications, they're scared of AI. They don't understand it. It's moving so fast that it doesn't really seem to be any best practices around it because even if you try to wrap your head around one part of what's happening, it seems like the next day or the next week, there's already a new chat GPT version out, or there's a hundred different apps in your area of work focusing, I'm doing AI this and AI that. There's data leaks and a lot of security problems that have happened with people just pumping data through AI models and platforms and then data leaking. And then there are people who just don't know if they can even believe that the data or the the model is even evolved and mature enough to believe the insights or the recommendations that it's giving. And so with all of that happening and so much more that I didn't even talk about and discuss, how should HR leaders be thinking about using platforms that are saying that they have some type of AI powered feature or functionality in the platform? And how do you do that with your customers? Yeah, I think... AI is only good as the data is trained on. So a lot of the AI that people are using using ChatGPT-based products out there is using publicly available information for the most part, right? Or some research academic journals that may not be publicly available, but if you have a subscription, you can get data on that from that. And ChatGPT and other are, are trained on that data so they can get that information. So it's going to be limited by whatever it's been fed. And, and it's been fed a, a lot, right? It's not a trivial amount. You know, it's, it's a lot that most humans can ever remember possibly any human can ever remember and and distill that information however like the example i gave you about my company policies and procedures 
that is written by that HR team, right? And I can make that part of the data set that is trained, is, is training data for my AI tool. Or I can put together our talent management strategy and then, you know, doing the time management process, let's say the manager was like, I don't remember what my process was. How am I supposed to have this discussion with my employee in the performance review? If there was a document or a video created, AI can use that and then I can just ask my chat, okay, what was the, what was the approach I should take when I finish my review? It'll answer you. This is the process that we, we laid out instead of digging through emails and things like that. So AI can be helpful and it'll be very good in that sense because it is working with data you provided and very specific to your use cases. So that's, that's where I see HR needs to adopt uh, AI for that. Now I will be very clear that, you know, we don't send any PII data, personally identifiable data uh, and companies shouldn't do that uh, at this point anyway, until there are better uh, policies around that, that has been defined by the third party providers of this AI technologies out there. Uh, you know, the secret secrecy part is, is an interesting one. You know, there was an article or a news about Samsung engineers publicly, uh, or using chat GPT and sent out their company information out to chat GPT. And there was a big brouhaha about it, but you know, yes, it was a data leak, but it's not like it's publicly available. It's sitting in AI's data store somewhere and it may or may not be easy to access that. And usually, and I don't know about usually actually, the chat GPT, if you feed any data from your system, I think it only keeps the data for 30 days or something like that, if I remember right. So you gotta be careful about what data you send that, send it, send that uh, as long as it is not, you know, publicly sensitive information, you're not sending your, you know, your uh, your uh, earnings report before, the, before you declare it publicly, you know, things like that, um, that would be very dangerous, obviously. As HR leaders are thinking about how they can best adopt AI in a way that's really going to allow them to do their jobs better, how should they evaluate different platforms that are saying they have AI? Is there any way that they can check to see, one, if you really do have AI? Because I know there are certain platforms that say they have AI, but then they really don't. Does it matter if a platform builds their own AI versus leveraging some other AI platform like ChatGPT? There's so many questions here, and I'm just trying to pull out some of them that I know HR leaders are just really confused about at this time. Yeah. So there are, there's, a, there's a whole confusion around AI, what really AI is. A lot of systems do predictive anal analytics which is the next level of, you know, your normal BI analytics and, and they're calling it AI, which is, it's not, it's based on a preset pattern. It's predicting. Then there's the next level is machine learning, which is saying based on this pattern, let's just give an example based on this pattern. I think this employee should, uh, might as a higher likelihood of leaving your organization. You know, it's predicting that based on, the data set uh, and the patterns it's seen in the past. That's predictive algorithm. Now you can call that AI, a lot of vendors do, but that's not AI. That's just based on a fixed model. Machine learning is saying, I'm using that pattern, but as people leave and as I see changes and they don't fit this pattern necessarily anymore, I will change my algorithm to some extent or the pattern to some extent. Not necessarily the algorithm, but the, maybe the variables and the weighting of the variables in the algorithm to some extent. So then that's machine learning. It's learning as people leave. So maybe 
two years ago, a lot of people were leaving because they don't want to come into the office. You know, now maybe people are leaving because they're getting paid more at a different place. So it will it will know the difference and it can change the algorithm to say to do the predictions going forward. Now AI will take this take it to the next level where it can look at multiple other behaviors, multiple different variables, and continue to re refine and and predict based on things that are not computable data. It could basically read your tone of the voice, for example, in a, on a voicemail or something like that. I'm not sure uh, if that of any value or not. I'm just giving that as an example where it can look at different things that are not necessarily computable data in, in a normal uh, in a mathematical sense, but it can use that to determine and predict potentially whether this person is going to leave or not. So to me, that's a completely different level, right? Where, where you sit across, let's say you sit across your employee and you have your one-on-one check-in and you just have this conversation, then 15, 20 minutes after the conversation, you realize, you know, I don't think this, this person is really happy here. I feel like he's looking for a job. You just have this gut feeling, right? And there's no one thing that person said. They didn't say, I'm not getting paid enough, or I'm working too hard, or, you know, I don't really like the culture here. I don't like this person there. Maybe they didn't say any of it. You just know that from the body language, maybe some of the words they use or the collection of the words they use, you just feel it. To me, that is where if the AI can do that, it might be able to, I'm not I'm not 100%, I don't know at what level of accuracy, but it could do that by maybe reading certain other parameters like that. And in the future, maybe, maybe it'll detect that. So then you can intervene and help, you know, take action. This is just an outside use case. We are not doing this use case at all. I just want to be clear for that, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just spitballing on some other things that potentially AI can do. Now that's where, that's a true AI. If, if you do something like that, maybe, you know, doing an, doing an interview with an, with a candidate, you can, you can read that and figure out some of the behaviors that they might exhibit based on the data that you might have previously. Shuri, I could talk to you about this all day long because there's so much to cover and there's so much we just don't know about AI. But I do want to ask you one final question, and that is if there's one thing that you want HR leaders to remember when it comes to using AI or thinking about how they can get the most value and output from AI in their job and role, what would it be? You know, I think that what they really need to consider is it truly a bell and bells and whistles, or is it really going to help their people succeed, right? If it is just some nice uh, colors and some dashboards that they're getting without really adding any value uh, from this AI or so-called AI, uh, or maybe just some you know something very cool, but they really need to look at is that really going to make my managers a better manager? Is that really going to reduce? my time from doing tactical work is that improving the quality of my work truly doing that because i'm doing that today and not be sold a dream right i think that's what they need to really evaluate and and if it if they really have that situation in their organization you know if they don't for example this example i was giving you about company policies and procedures and all of that if they're not going to use that if they can buy it for that but if they're not gonna, not going to they don't have a policy and procedure document that they're going to upload and they feed it to the uh, AI and do all that because of privacy concerns or things like that, then then there's no point buying that tool. Shri, thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. And I think probably the first podcast that we've done where, where we've done a deep dive into AI. So really appreciate this. And I know we're going to do a lot more episodes about this. So we'd love to have you back on. 
as AI continues to evolve and we learn more. But thank you so much. Really appreciate you and all your wisdom here. So Shri, where can people find you and Engagedly online? Well, Engagedly.com, E-N-G-A-G-E-D-L-Y.com. We are a talent management platform for performance management, goal setting, employee engagement, learning and development, um, and coaching and mentoring as well. Uh, and they can find me, Shri Chalapa, Shrikant Chalapa is my full name on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. You'll see a lot of my other thoughts on AI uh, and specifically around workplace um, and some of the other things I talk about with management uh, and building leaders for the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shri. And we'll definitely include all that info in the show notes. So for all of you out there that enjoyed this episode as much as Shri and I did making it, please leave, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast platform you can. Also, if this is your very first time listening to one of our episodes and now you're hungry for more, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there. Please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Let it get.